know? when I think you want to show your kids too that there there are a lot of different ways to live life, mm-hmm. but you want to show them that you can live this life to its fullest and mm-hmm. and you can do all the things you love and enjoy every single moment and it's part because time is passing, but it's also you want to pass that that zest for life onto your kids too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITO Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slayer X. We have for you today an interview that I'm excited to share with Katie Ferguson, an athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. She has a lot of interesting things to say about her approach to training, her approach to racing, her approach to coaching, um, and how she keeps everything in balance here. So I think you'll enjoy what Katie had to say. I thought it was really, really interesting, and I appreciated her coming on and sharing her perspective with us. Before we hit play on this interview, I did want to remind you about our sponsors here. ITL Coaching and Performance offers multiple group workouts throughout the course of the week, as well as specialized coaching, if that's what you choose. Blue Pineapple Travel, books travel around the world for pleasure, for training, whatever it is you like. It's a full-service travel agency. And SlayRx, drink manufacturer based in Athens, Georgia and Atlanta, Georgia. They have a testing facility in Dunwoody, Georgia, where you can go and after about an hour workout, they can determine both the volume and the constitution of your sweat and get a sense of what you should be taking during races in order to help you perform at your very best. So ITO Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, SlayRx, we appreciate all of our sponsors and we encourage you to check them out. Without further ado then, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Katie Ferguson. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and SlayRx. My name is George Darden, I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am extremely pleased to welcome to the podcast Katie Ferguson. Katie, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm psyched that you're here. I appreciate your agreeing to come on to the podcast with us. Thanks for having me. I'm nervous, George. I'm (laughs) such a big fan of this podcast. It's it's cool to see your setup, and it's kind of, it's nerve-wracking to be on the other side, but thanks for having me. You are an athlete, you're a mom, you're a coach, and um, I just kind of wanted to talk about all those sorts of things. You're a social media influencer. I want to oh, talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to talk about all those things. But I guess okay. since, uh, since we're accustomed to talking to athletes, maybe we should start with that one, right? Sure. Um, so you are a runner, and you're a good runner. You're an accomplished runner. You've won your age group at the Publix Half Marathon. You're a two-time, two-time Boston qualifier? Oh gosh, uh, let's see. I think three times. No, time. no, I've done it three times. I think I've qualified four. I'm glad you know my stats because I don't <laughs> keep track. <laughs> very good, very good. So a multi-time Boston qualifier. Um, and uh, tell us how you got into it. Oh gosh, so I have had a few false starts, if you will. Um, my first attempt at running was in high school when I was technically on the track team, which <laughs> ironically, you ended up coaching that same track team. Yeah, um, for a year, the next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But for long runs, I, I joined the track team because my friends were doing it. And that's that's kind of what I did in high school. You know, mm-hmm. I followed the, the fun and the friends. But 
For our long runs, we would go to a friend's house. He lived close to the school. <laughs> we'd run there, we'd have some snacks, and we'd run back. <laughs> and that was my long run. So needless to say, I didn't love running. Right. So that was attempt number one. What, 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 was your, what was your event in track? What were you supposed to be training for? Oh, well, this is kind of a funny story. I, I don't even, I don't think I really even had an event. Practice, <laughs> warm up. But I told Eddie, Eddie is my husband, um, and you know that, George, but those listening don't. I told him a long time ago when we first started dating that I was a hurdler. <laughs> for those who don't know me, I'm like five foot nothing. There's no chance I could make it over a hurdle. And he believed me for, I don't know, five years. So I was not a hurdler. I think I was he a... actually told me on one occasion, he was like, you know, my wife ran hurdles in high school. Mm, okay. <laughs> he looked at me and you're like, yeah, not a chance. <laughs> no, I, I was on the warm up team. But um, yeah, we had fun. It was fun. Um, but I, I can't I can't credit any of my current running to my, my track career. Right. It was short lived. And then... In college, I attempted running again. A friend of mine, we decided that it would be fun to train for the Thanksgiving Day half. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd come home on our break and run the half marathon, but mm -hmm. we didn't make it very far. It's hard to run. Those who train in college just for something fun, mm -hmm. it's hard. There's, you know, there's studying and there are, you know, fun social events that we just couldn't miss out on. So I right. think we made it. Oh, I don't know, maybe five miles. But after you know some late nights, we um, we threw in the towel on that. And then so you ended up you ended up never actually doing. We it? never did it. Okay. We never did it. No. So that was that was my second attempt. Wait, what is, what inspired you to try and do it with your friend? I was trying to think about that. I don't know. We must have seen a flyer or something like that, and we <laughs> thought this would be awesome. Let's do this and. <laughs> we didn't make it very far. It's funny though. Now both of us are runners. She is a great little runner. She's, um, yeah, she's actually training for the Athens half marathon now. So, um, marathon. we ended up both running, but college, college and running didn't, didn't mix well. So, right. <laughs> um, and then I guess I officially started, I really got hooked. I did a boot camp right after college and the founder, Mary, she was just this incredible motivator. She, there was something about her that made you really want to try your hardest. And that group, they were a really inspiring group. And we would do, we didn't necessarily do any type of endurance running. You would do 10 push-ups and then run to the next station and um, do, you know, sit-ups or squats or something like that. But I just got hooked on the running piece and the people, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think I've been running ever since. That was probably, oh gosh, 13 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And then um, the night that I met Eddie, I asked him if he would train for a half marathon, which with me, <laughs> which looking back was pretty aggressive. I you know? well, I, actually, my, my thought is, is last person she asked to train for a half marathon with her, they didn't make it all the way to the half marathon. So, yeah, exactly. You know, what, what were you trying to suggest there on the first day? Exactly. Either keep him around or get rid of him. I don't know. But luckily he wasn't scared away. And um, I joked that I created a monster that day because he's, he's a pretty hardcore athlete now. And mm -hmm. Neither one of us were into running really then, but um, so we've he, been so you ever got since. you got you actually got him into it. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. He it's kind of a cool story. Now you know him. Mm -hmm. um, and so what so a, yeah, Eddie Eddie's also a multi-time Boston qualifier, and he's a Kona qualifier he as is, well. He mm -hmm. is, yes. So he's he's our little stud athlete. But when we first started running, I was faster than him for about 
I'd say 24 hours, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) He he would not let that happen again. But there's some funny stories about us doing, you know, our first long run. And we have learned a lot Mm -hmm. since then. We went out. It was, I think it was, gosh, 45 degrees out, which now is the perfect running weather. And then we were like, oh, my gosh, it's so cold. I think he had on spandex and sweatpants and a sweatshirt and all the like we were ready to go skiing and um anyway needless to say we've learned a few things uh, along the road but um it was the people i guess that got me hooked yeah understandable i I, i've often found that when i've felt a little bit burned out that kind of falling back on to me it's the competition and the camaraderie those are the two things that i think have sustained me over the course of years and years and so, yeah, falling back on on people and going to group workouts. Not even necessarily, I like running with people, like actually running with people, but just meeting people Absolutely. and just spending time around other people. Yes, um, and I think we can both agree that the running community is pretty awesome. So just being around yeah. runners kind of gives you that that energy for sure. Yeah, and running, I think, is a good sport for camaraderie because, I mean... I'm, I'm super close friends with some people that I put in a lot of miles on the bike with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the wind's in your ears and you can't totally hear each other all the time and you have to pay attention to traffic and, and all sorts yes, of other stuff, right? Yes. Um, and then swimming. I don't see how swimmers become friends with one another or why necessarily. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, you see each other for 10 seconds while you're standing on the wall waiting for the next repeat to start. And then and then you swim underwater and you never talk to them the whole time. Whereas running, 80% of the running you do is is supposed to be at what we literally call conversational pace. Exactly. And so you, you spend hours at a time just hanging out with people talking. Right. You get to know people so well that way, yeah. for sure. Eddie, yeah. when he goes out for a bike ride, he'll come home and I'll say, oh, you know, how's so-and-so doing? And he's like, babe, you know, we didn't really get to talk. We're, <laughs> we're you know, we're behind each other. Or so you're right. You don't yeah. get that in a lot of sports, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that the, the fact that you and Eddie trained for that first half marathon together, do you think it strengthened your relationship, like kick-started it, that ultimately led to your being married today? Mm, that's a good question. Or am I overthinking it? No, I think <laughs> that um, it was something new to both of us. So yeah. to find this common interest was certainly, it, it certainly made things fun to be able to go out and run together and to start this new thing together. He knew just as much as I did and... We love being able to travel from, you know, to different races and everything together. So, yeah, I think that that was a good foundation. And it's um, it's certainly progressed from there in terms of what we do running wise and things like that. So did you finish that marathon then? Yes. Right. Yes, we did. We did. We finished that one. Yep. <laughs> slowly. Good. I think I made him hold my hand as we crossed the finish line. <laughs> Which will be we might have to delete that, George. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. You always remember that first one. Right on. Right on. Very good. So then what? Gosh, let's see. Um, I mean, we, did you did you pick out another one, or did you start getting? I mean, we did. did. You start getting competitive right then, or what did no? You, do? you know, I've never really been super competitive. I don't love racing. I don't know why. Um, okay. But we did. We would do you know a couple five k's, ten k's, half marathons, and then the year we got, I guess it was the year we got engaged. We decided to do our first full marathon, and we signed up for Chicago. Mm-hmm. And trained for that together. This was before kids. Um, and we had fun training together. We got to do a lot of long runs together. We found a group of friends to run with. And 
I guess that's what really kicked it off. Doing that first full was pretty cool. Yeah. What, what year was that? That was 2009, I guess. Okay. 2009. Very yeah. good. How'd yeah. it go? How'd your first marathon go? Oh, gosh. Did you run together the whole time? I should ask we that. Did. We did. We did. He you literally carried me hands? across the finish line. Um, he picked you up and carried you? He, he might, has, might as well have. He had to drag <laughs> me. Let's talk about fueling mistakes for that first <laughs> marathon. I was taking food from strangers because I was so not properly fueled, and okay. he dragged me towards the end. I couldn't have done it without him, but... Um, yeah, it was a it was a cool race. I remember it clear as day going up that last little baby hill, if you can mm. even call it that. The, in the, Chicago. the only hill on the course. The only hill, and yeah. I'm holding on to his arm, and he's like, "Come on, we got this. We're so close." So yes, he literally carried me across that finish line for sure. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, and then at some point, so you didn't qualify for Boston at that one. No, I'm I gonna missed assume it by since you were taking fifty-nine seconds. So, so you still ran pretty well then. I did, I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, so at at that point, did you look at it and say, you know what? If I had this rough of a race and I had to be literally carried across the finish line and I was taking food from strangers, <laughs> at, at that point, did you kind of say, you know what? I might want to try and qualify for Boston or or. When, when did that spark kind of come in? Yes. Well, you know when you're in the middle of it and you think, why did I ever do this? I'm never doing this again. Oh, yeah. These people are crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I cross that finish line and I'm on my phone like, where's the next race? I got to do this. Mm -hmm. 59 seconds. I, yeah. I was so close. I got to do this again. So I think that that really made me interested in doing another one. Right. Right. And so what was the next one then? We did we did Chicago again okay. the next year in 2010. Yes, in 2010. Okay. Yep, yep, and that was a, that was a good race. Okay. Yeah. And you qualified for Boston that one. I guess it was that one. Yeah. yeah. And then and so that would have meant you went to Boston in 2012, right? Correct. Yeah. So so because I remember you yes. went you went the hot year. Oh yes, yeah. the hot year. Yep, yeah. That was it was a doozy. Uh -huh. Yeah. Tell us about that. It was hot. <laughs> it was hot. That's all I remember. It was hot. Yeah. Yeah. It it was hot. No. You know what? I take that back. The first we did it in 2011. Okay. Must have been the first year we did it, which looking back was the perfect temperature. We okay. didn't know it then, and then we did it again the hot year. Okay. Okay. And it was just hot. You just have to adjust your expectations for yeah. sure. You you look at that 80 degree whatever it was at the start line. It's like, all right, well, this is not going to be the race that I was hoping for, but right. I'm going to have fun with it. So, right. yeah, it was just hot. That's all I remember. Hot. Well, I, I remember getting a text from, from Eddie after we were talking about the Boston Marathon in 2018, the yep. one that was so cold and rainy yes. and wind in everybody's faces and all that sort of thing. And and we talked about it with Lauren Fogarty on this podcast and Patrick ran I remember it. that episode, um, yep. And, and they were talking about how miserable it was and how difficult it was and all the pros dropped out and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember we put out that, that episode and Eddie texted me after he listened to it and said, I would take 2018 <laughs> every day over 2012 for sure he he actually had a decent race in 2018 the the heat just does a number on you yeah so yeah yeah, yeah i wouldn't redo that race very good <laughs> very good um so that one so so 2011 went well how did the 2011 go then because you said it was perfect and you didn't realize at the time but we i feel like back then it was we certainly had goals but i didn't really know what and Eddie didn't either. We didn't really know what we were capable of, I think. Okay. So we, 
wouldn't say we did it for fun because we did have some kind of a time in mind, but I honestly don't even remember what it was or, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. remember. So, so you, you said a few minutes ago, you're not super competitive, but, but you've gone through a competitive phase here. So, so, so when did you actually, when did you actually make that, that turn to saying, all right, I'm going to set some goals and I want to get a little bit more serious and hire a coach and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think what race, if it was a race that did it for me. I think it was Eddie, actually. He has been my biggest cheerleader for sure. And I remember him for Christmas several years ago. He actually gifted me coaching services. And <laughs> it was with this awesome coach. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it was George. But I really think that that was the first time that I thought, okay, like, let's see what I can actually do. Mm. Um, Every other race I had done, I was just self-coached. And just through research and trial and error, I would put together my own training plans and just see what I could do. And I think when you coach yourself, at least for me, I wasn't really motivated to do every workout. If mm-hmm. there was a you know, short run on there, I might skip it. Mm-hmm. Or if it was a hard track workout, I might swap that out for an easy run. Mm-hmm. So I just wasn't very dedicated. And it honestly... I don't think it was until you came along that I could literally picture you sitting at your desk, putting all this time into my training plan, which was customized to me. And the thought of not doing that workout while you could be playing with your two boys, I just didn't like that feeling. So I actually Hmm. did all of the workouts for the first time Hmm. ever. Um, and it's amazing what you can actually do when you train, (laughs) when you actually do the workouts, magic happens. But I think that's really, that's the first time that I guess you could say I got serious about my running. Mm -hmm. And it also helped that Eddie was so confident in my abilities. And then you were too. I remember the first conversation we had about goals for, this was Chicago, I can't remember what year, but, um, I remember you saying what you thought I was capable of and it it was like, George, you're crazy. But to have someone else have that confidence in you, you, you have to have it in yourself if you want to get out there and do it. Hmm. I think that's super interesting. Um, and and I think it's because when I think when, when I first became a coach for adults, um, you know, when you're, when you're a coach for high schoolers, it's different. You know, they, they show up for a wide variety of reasons, but you don't have to convince them that you're their coach, right? Right. So when I became a, a coach of adults several years ago, I had to essentially come up with a spiel that said, this is why you might like a coach. And, oh, it's, and, it's, and it's not, it's kind of a sales pitch, but, but not totally. It's more about like, okay, this is the role that a coach would serve in your life. Right. Um, and this is why you might benefit from having a coach. And if you go to like most coaching services websites, there's like, that's on their right, websites. Right, right. Like, do you need a coach? Here's reasons why. to hire a exactly, coach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? and, and so um, it was interesting because I remember I, I, I had the reasons, my, my kind of reasons that were laid out. And then the first five or six people that I you know, sent that email to or whatever came back and said, yeah, I need somebody to hold me accountable as well. And they just want, uh-huh. they just like the idea of having somebody looking over their shoulder. And I was like, all right, that's never why I felt like I needed one, but it, clearly that's something I was missing. And so it's interesting what you just said, because those are reasons I've never really considered that somebody might benefit from having a coach. Like the idea of having an additional cheerleader or, yes. or the fact that it, it, 
it bolsters you to think that there's somebody spending time on your running. Yes, I think, and it also probably helped that I knew you personally. I know you're sweet boys, and I know that you have this full life, and the fact that you were sitting down and putting time into me, I just didn't want to not let you down wouldn't be the right phrase, but I guess I didn't want to let you down. I wanted I wanted my green on my training peaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like you wanted to live up to your end of the bargain. You know? Yeah, yeah. You were putting this time in me, so I've got to give it back to you. It it, it seems it just seems very interesting. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in in the importance of relationships. Um, you because know, I'm I'm an educator by training, and so relationships really matter. You know, the the single biggest sure. determinant of the character of an educational experience is a relationship between the teacher and the student, um, and that's for for both good and bad. Um, and so I think that, and obviously I think the relationship between a coach and athlete is important as well, but it's just interesting to hear you talk about, like, we need to maintain this relationship and, and, and the nature of our relationship is a really, really important and key aspect to, to your athlete psychology. Yeah, I think so. And it may just, that might be also part of my personality. I don't like to let people down, um, but I do think most people have that to a certain extent that they they have this relationship and and they they do appreciate being held accountable for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so speaking of relationships, uh, somewhere along the way here between the hot, hot, hot Boston <laughs> and and getting the gift of a coach. <laughs> yes. Um, you became a mom. I did. Yes. Yeah. So yes. That was two thousand. Late 2013 when you became a mom, right? So 2012. Okay. Yes. December of 2012, our first came along. Little mm-hmm. Annie. Yeah. Right, right. And then your second came along, how like a year and a half, two years later? So they're 26 months apart. Okay. Yes. Okay, so a little bit over two two years later then. Yeah. Um, how, okay, so, so I guess two questions. First, like during that, let's see, 26 months and then add... 10 months to that, right? So during the course of that 36 months, that three years in which you were becoming a mom, if you will, what what was your training like during that that stretch of time? Gosh, so much happened with becoming a mom. I think, um, well, a few things happened. My perspective just on life changed. Mm-hmm. Your kids, you know this as a parent, they are just this perfect proof that life happens really fast. Mm. They grow up so quick. And I think it's kind of eye opening when you, and, and I was probably guilty of this more than a lot of people. You get this full busy life and you're go, go, go. And seeing this proof that these kids grow up so quick, it makes you really want to soak it in. Yeah. So there was that piece of it. Um, my, like I said, my perspective just changed. And then I was also pretty awestruck by what my body was capable of growing this little human. And I think that translated a lot to my running. You, when you're out there running and you, you can dig deep, I think knowing, okay, I have created a human person and given birth and I can certainly run this mile. Like, let's go, Katie. It helps with those pep talks. Um, I love that. That's badass. Yeah. I I don't know. It just, that's, it's pretty, it's a good little mantra if you, if you need it, mile 25. Right. Um, But it's changed a lot. Just the, the running and the juggling 
as newborns, I had a lot of, I'm sure a lot of moms have this mom guilt being away from your baby. Um, and, and I still have that to a certain extent, but at the beginning, just directly running related, I would run as fast as I could to get back to my family. And we as coaches know that that can be detrimental to your training to do all yeah. of your runs as fast as possible. Yeah. But I would go out, there was no such thing as an easy day for me. And there really wasn't a speed day because I didn't have time to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I would go out and run the same pace, same route, just quick, quick, quick to get home to my family. I was so appreciative of being out there and having this me time, but it was also, okay, I got to get back. I got to get back. So I struggled with that a bit for sure. Um, as they get older, it's really cool to see how much running plays a role in, in how they think of Eddie and I. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, I went into the classroom the other day, this was like day two of, of first grade for my oldest and her teacher mm. said, I heard you ran the Boston marathon. <laughs> of course I turned bright red, but it's just neat to see that she, our oldest, especially that she thinks it's cool that I think your, your kids become your biggest cheerleaders. It doesn't matter what pace you're running. They think mm -hmm. you're amazing no matter what. And that's such a good reminder when we're out there that we can put some pressure on ourselves to hit certain, certain times, certain goals, but these kids just think you're awesome. Hmm. Right on, right on. Um, I'm, I, I think I love everything you just said. I think it's super fascinating. That first point that you made about how you're watching them grow up fast and you see time kind of slipping away. Um, has that in any way changed, you know, your approach? I mean, it clearly changed your approach in terms of like going out for a run because you didn't want to spend time away from them. Right. And so there's a mom guilt thing, like you said. Um, but there's also just, I don't want to miss anything. What happens if they take their first steps and I'm out on a run? Right, right, right. right. Um, but is ha has it in any way influenced you to kind of say... Um, because time goes by quickly, I want to sort of make use of my my life or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think um, twofold. It's changed my running because I've, I've learned how to train smarter. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to get out there. I'm going to make sure that I make use of my runs. So mm -hmm. I, and that's where a, having a coach also comes in handy. But I've also, because I see time passing by, um, that goes into probably something we'll talk about later, but thinking about, gosh, life is so short. If you have the opportunity to do what you love, yeah. do it. And I am so lucky to have that opportunity. I've, I've done corporate, I've, I've started my own business, um, with my mama. I got to give her credit there too, but, um, absolutely. I think it makes you kind of rethink things and put things in perspective. And if you're fortunate enough to do what you love, then do it. Absolutely yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, I feel like you've articulated something that I've felt, um, over the course of the past five years since I became a dad, but I hadn't articulated it. Yeah. That, that I feel like the, the, um, the desire to, to make the most of my time, to, to live while I'm alive, for lack of a better right, phrase, right? right? Um, it's the, the, you know, the old Jack London uh, quotation about, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather flame out than fade away. Yes. You know, like, 
I, so I, good. I, I feel much more strongly about that now. And I think maybe it's because my, my 40th birthday coincided with my son's uh-huh. you know, yep, <laughs> birth. Yep, but I think both yep. of those things together probably have something to do with it. And, you when know. I think you want to show your kids, too, that there, there are a lot of different ways to live life. Mm-hmm. But you want to show them that you can live this life to its fullest and mm-hmm. and you can do all the things you love and enjoy every single moment and it's part because time is passing but it's also you want to pass that that zest for life onto your kids too absolutely absolutely very good so what were what were then i mean you've already kind of alluded to some of these and I already really said a few of these so what were some of the other kind of challenges that you know not not only when you became a mom, but I guess probably even continuing to now, because it's not like you know, you know, yep, you, 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 you just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. your oldest is in first grade, but right, you know, your right. youngest is what pre K, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. And so so what what are some what are some challenges that sort of arose and maybe continue to to be challenges? Yeah, so I think the logistics just mm-hmm. with having a spouse, and you know this, George's. For those who don't know, George has a a very athletic wife. So you know how it is trying to juggle schedules for two people who prioritize getting a workout in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I said this earlier, but it's changed. When they were little, I would pop them in a stroller, grab the dog, and we'd go for a run. Now they're a little heavy to do that. I'll still do that <laughs> sometimes. But we'll sit down once a week and just figure out the week ahead. We have a little routine. I'll do... Uh, two days out of the house early in the morning but we just figure out based on travel and schedules what works for us so Mm -hmm. there's a there's a little um just a conversation that that happens at our house we're both better parents if we get our workout in for sure so we just figure out what works that week and that can change Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that flexibility is super important yes um i think i think it's i think and i don't know because i've never been in this situation I, I, I feel like it might be, I, well, okay, you tell me what you think. So would it be easier, you think, if Eddie was not an athlete, or do you think it would be harder? Because because he, he is an athlete, that means that he also has training to do. So logistically, right. it's harder, but then he also kind of gets it. Yes, you know it's a I mean? blessing and a curse. He gets it, which I do think is more important because he can just sense if I'm starting to gr- get grumpy and vice versa, we'll say, go out for a run, honey. I'll, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll see you in an hour. So we get that for yeah. sure. It's our stress relief 100%. Yeah. But it would also be nice if I was married to a couch potato and I could run outside every morning. Yeah. So I think I, I would prefer having a husband who works out and gets it. I think that's that's important. Right on, right on. Do you have, um, and I mentioned this because you mentioned that you're, you're an adult onset runner. Um, <laughs> um, do, does, does your wider village, like your parents and stuff like that, do they help you out so that you can get a workout? Yes, yes. We are so, I'm glad you brought that up because they deserve a shout out for sure. My parents live really close to us. So there have been many times, Saturday mornings in particular, when Eddie and I are both training for something at the same time. Last year, we both ran the Indy Marathon mm-hmm. and there were many Saturday mornings that my parents would take the girls for breakfast and it really does take a village and we're so lucky to have them. They're very supportive of our athletic endeavors and they love being with the girls. So mm-hmm. right. it works out for everybody. The girls love being with them and 
they love being with the girls and we love running so it all works out (laughs) (laughs) so much love yeah so much love and breakfast always breakfast (laughs) well and the reason why i ask is because my parents um my parents live close to us too and and my mom will come over and look after the fellows for an hour or two so that I can get a workout. That's awesome. And, and, and sometimes I don't even go anywhere. I mean, sometimes it's literally going to the the you know the, the trainer room in my house and riding my bike for an hour, an hour right, and a half, right? right. Um, and listen to loud music and then shower and I come back downstairs. And then my mom's like, okay, I'll see you later. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've always felt very fortunate that my parents kind of get that. Yes. You know, that, that same yes. get it that you said that your husband has. For sure. My parents get it too. Were they athletes? Um, and that's actually the reason why I was asking um, is is – they they kind of are. I think my mom. So my mom started doing yoga probably twenty or twenty five years ago. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and she's super dedicated to yoga. And she's now in her seventies and she can stand on her head and all that sort oh of thing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's, yeah, it's super cool. That's cool. But 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 she knows how imbalanced she mm-hmm. feels um, if she doesn't have a yoga practice. And so so she protects that time. And I, so I think she 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 gets it in that mm-hmm. regard. But I I think a lot of it has to do though too with the fact that I've been a runner since I was in high school, so since I was living in their house. And so they've seen that develop in me, and they've seen the importance it's had in my life. And so they, they kind of get it because of that, right, too. Right, right. Which is the reason why I was asking about you, because since it isn't something you necessarily grew up with, um, that's the reason why I was wondering. Yeah, but no, your that's a good question. It. My dad was definitely an athlete. I think it's interesting that your mom was she's an athlete she does yoga she carves that time out I think our generation the exercise is a little bit different than Mm -hmm. our parents generation Mm -hmm. I know my mom used to she used to I'm using air quotes here she used to work out but she would take a shower before she went (laughs) and you know now you see a gym a boutique gym on every corner it's just different than than when they were growing up we really put an emphasis on working out and exercise and all, you know, all that stuff. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I think they just see how grumpy we get when we don't (laughs) run that they, they want to help with the grumpies. (laughs) Well, well, I think, I think also, you know, one of the things that characterizes, um, so I'm, I'm generation X, I'm older than you. Um, but, 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 but I I, I always consider generation X to be kind of a transitional generation. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that most people in generation X either skew baby boomer or skew millennial. And then millennials and baby boomers, I think, are truly different from one another. For sure. Um, and it's interesting for me because my sister skews baby boomer. And so she's more, she exhibits characteristics that are more like baby boomers. And she has mindsets that are more like baby boomers. Whereas I think, in part because I was a teacher for so long and worked with young people, and because I married a woman who was younger than I am, um, that kind of dragged me down to having more millennial mindset. And so, um, but I think one of the big differences between millennials and baby boomers and Generation X split in the middle um, is is an unwillingness on the part of millennials to give certain things up. And yes. so, so like millennials aren't willing to give up being fit and working out for the sake of going to work. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they demand that time to be able to, to take care of themselves. Right. And baby right. boomers think that's selfish. But I, but I don't think so because the whole reason why it happened with millennials is because they saw baby boomers, you know, falling apart because, because they, they, had imbalanced didn't, life. Right. They didn't take care sense? of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. That's an interesting point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So 
what's next for you in terms of in terms of like what's going to be your next race and and yeah so i did indy like i mentioned last year which Mm -hmm. was a great race i would Mm -hmm. add it to your bucket list Mm -hmm. it's one of those super easy logistics you fly into the airport it's 20 minutes away it is pancake flat, which sounds so amazing right now. <laughs> it's after the, the, It's called the Monumental Marathon. It's the Monumental that? Marathon, okay. yes. And it's just, it's nice. Temperatures historically are great. Again, it is pancake flat, which feels really <laughs> good after training in, on these Atlanta hills. Yeah. So I've recruited a couple of friends to do it, and we're going to go just make a weekend out of it. Right and on. yeah, I wasn't planning on doing a fall race, but... I got the itch again, and Eddie right was on board, so here we go. Right on, right on. So, so, and that's what? That's uh, October, November? November 8th, 9th weekend. Okay. I think it's the 9th. Right yeah. there. It's about the same time as the New York City Marathon. Yes. Yeah, very yes. good. So, good time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Great time of year, actually, because you get to have the marvelous October training, which is the yes. best month of year to train after all the yes. heat and everything. Yes, so. and I do think training in this heat, it's hard, but... Oh my gosh, you can breathe when you get to Indy and just being able to breathe out there feels so good after training in this humidity. Right on, right on. So so how's your training been going then? It's good. It's good. It's It's been fun. We started this Wednesday run group mm-hmm. and we meet mid-mornings and it's been really nice to have this consistent group. One of the gals there is also training for Indy. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to log a lot of miles together already, but it's nice to have that support. Absolutely. Well, so on that note, so it's talking about that Wednesday morning run group, you're the coach yeah. at that Wednesday morning run yeah. group. So, so, um, coaching is, is something you kind of moved into very recently, yes. right? Yes. Um, so talk to us a little bit about, well, first of all, what, what made you decide that you wanted to, to give coaching a try? Oh gosh. So I think going back to what we said about doing something that you feel passionate about, Eddie and I have a lot of these conversations. Like if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? What would, what's your dream job? And my parents told me as a kid that I need to throw away my being a Broadway star dreams. (laughs) Yeah, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. (laughs) So they always said, have a backup career. Um, no. So I think doing something that you love, we would just have these conversations. And, and one day I said, you know what? I I think that is just really what I want to do. My mom and I started a wedding planning business. Gosh, it's been, oh gosh, 11, 12 years now. And it has been so wonderful to get to work with her. And I've gotten to see what it's like to run my own business. And we, we're still doing that to um, on a smaller scale. Um, my parents travel a lot, and it's weekend work every weekend. Right. So as we, as I, I guess as we scale that back, I just started thinking about, gosh, if I could do anything, what would it be? And every job I've had entails some sort of helping people in some capacity. And then, of course, I love running. So helping people run just seems like the a natural yeah. fit. And I, I pinch myself every day that this is what I get to do. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, so how has both your development as an athlete and, and your being a mom and trying to find those balances, how does that inform your approach to coaching? I think I've seen, I know what it's, I get it. 
I guess. I get it. I get what it's like to be um, a woman working in a corporate world. I get what it's like to be a small business owner. I get what it's like to be a mom and to try to do all these things. I hate to say balance because I don't think there's such thing, but um, I know what it's like to juggle. And I also know how helpful it is to have a village and to be part of that village for someone so that I'm the one that sits down and puts this training calendar together so they can spend more time at work or with their kids. It's just, um, I love that. I love being able to, to solve that little piece of their puzzle so that they can get out there and enjoy it and not have to think about, okay, why am I doing this run? What does this mean? Do I need to do speed here or a long run here or to have, I love taking that stress off of them. Um, I think it's just a, it's a really, it's a really cool thing to be able to do. Yeah. I think that's neat how you, you effectively see yourself as a member of their village. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's funny. I, um, I'm more anxious about their races than I am my own. <laughs> when you asked about uh, how my no training doubt. was going. They're also more rewarding, by the way. Yes, yes, I can see that. And also probably more disappointing if it doesn't go well. But um, when you asked about my training, it was like, oh, yeah, I am training for something. (laughs) But you get so focused on your athletes and their goals that um, in a way it's kind of nice. It takes the pressure off of you. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I know that like when when you were – when when – and you and I work for the same coaching company. We both work for ITL Coaching and Performance. When when it's like, all right, Katie is going to be one of our new coaches, which we were all super psyched about. You said, all right, one of the runs I want to do is this 9.30 on Wednesday morning run. Um, and we, we've always kind of approached things like, all right, everything starts at you know, 6 a.m. Right, you know, got to right. get everybody done before work. Right. Talk a little bit about you know, 9.30 and that, sure. sort of that perspective. Sure, So when I was on the athlete side of ITL, I wanted so desperately to be able to go to all of these workouts. I think the best, one of the best parts about this company is the people and the community um, that you guys have created here in Atlanta, and I wanted to be part of that. But logistically, it was not possible. So there's a great track workout on Tuesdays. Well, there's no way I can get home for Eddie to get to work on time. So I was never able to go. Um, There were just very few workouts that worked with our schedule. Mm -hmm. So I just thought about, I, I see a lot of moms and women and people with flexible jobs and part-time jobs and stay-at-home moms and we're all out there running at 9:45 after we drop our kids off from preschool right. so I just thought that was a good fit for people that are kind of in the same boat with me we don't have typical nine to five jobs we I work at 3 15 a.m some days and you know I'm up till 10 p.m some days um, shooting off emails so we don't have that traditional that traditional work hours and it has been so fun to see this group of it's mostly women um, but to see these guys come together and just support each other and um, yeah it's a good it's a great time for uh, we don't have kiddos with us some of us do some bring kiddos and strollers but um, just the time to all get together and and we get a piece of that community that that I wanted to be part of before exactly yeah, you, you, you get that community. Because, I mean, you know, circling back around to one of the very first things we talked about, it's it's the camaraderie, it's the community. 
that actually really got you hooked in the first place, right? Yes. I mean, yes. the running was good, and you liked the running, and you were good at it. But at the same time, the thing that kind of kept you coming back was community. Oh yeah. And yep. so, to the degree that we want people who, we we don't want to have a one size fits all model of community, right? Right. Like, right. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, and everyone's different. Their challenges are different. Their their timelines for when they have to be home. Every every. Everyone has a different day set up, and to be able to fit into that window has been great. Right on, right on. Very cool, very cool. And so speaking of community and stuff, you put a lot of, of your workouts onto uh, social media. I do. So, so you, you put a lot of things on Instagram. I do. Um, talk to us about, about that. Well, t- two things about it. Number one, how, you're good at it, which is, and I'm oh, on Instagram, gosh. and I'm not good at it. Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just not good at it. Like, if I put up something, everybody's like, okay, that's great, George. I don't know why you wanted everybody to see a picture of that. But, like, people, like, <laughs> respond to That's how I feel about my stuff. face. But, no, but pe- <laughs> people respond to your posts, and they, they like what you wrote, and they like what you say, and they, they, they like it. And so, first of all, how'd you learn to do that? And number two, is that, and do you tie that in with community, that, that, that sort of, a virtual support system such as what we've been talking about this whole time. Yes. So I started it because I don't know if you've ever been to a networking event or a cocktail party and you're chatting with somebody and you're like, so when can we talk about running? (laughs) 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 And when it doesn't come up or when you bring it up, it never happens, right? And people slowly start to walk away. So... (laughs) I, I just always wanted to share my running and just my love for running. And I decided that sharing it on my personal page, I might lose non-running friends. So I started a separate page and it, it really is. It's that community that's been so cool. I've met the coolest group from Instagram and I've met some of them now in person. One of the gals going back to our Wednesday run group, she's been there every week and I met her through Instagram. Mm-hmm. We just reached out and said, oh my gosh, you know, you live close. Let's get together and, and run. And she brings her kiddo in a stroller and never would have known her right had I not met her through Instagram. It's a very supportive community. There's, of course, there's nothing like that face-to-face interaction, but it is, it's a great way to get um, tips and tricks for different runs and everyone seems very supportive if you have a bad race it's it's been great to see people lift you up and say everyone has um get back out there and it's a little group of cheerleaders right on you're run fetty on instagram yes we should say that yes so, very yes good. And, I, and i and i love seeing it i think it's neat well that's nice yeah. i get embarrassed sometimes because it's hard to put yourself out there yeah yeah you should i mean i don't think you should be embarrassed <laughs> about it but um but no i think it's great I, I i i like seeing what it is you put up there and i'm not just saying that because you wrote something really nice about me on Instagram. <laughs> i did i did which y'all should go check out um, um all right so Fittingly, we have to wrap things up because you have to go pick up your kids. I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I know we only have a couple more minutes. So I, I do want to ask you real quickly the, the questions we ask everybody. Um, first of all, uh, what's your favorite workout? Ooh, the long run for sure. Oh, I yeah. love, oh yeah, I love everything about it. I set my clothes out the night before. I wake up super early and drink my coffee nice. and eat my banana toast. And <laughs> I love everything about it. I like being able to zone out. Okay. And whether that be just chatting with a friend or listening to your podcast or um, listening to music, it's my me time. It's 
time where I don't have to think about anything. So I love that long run. You talk about me time. Is, mm-hmm. is me time something that's, has that become increasingly important or has that always been kind of important for you? I think since becoming a mom, having that quiet time, and, and it might not be quiet, but having that time with other adults even, but having that time that's just you where you're not responsible for snacks or water or diapers or mm-hmm. it's nice to have to have that time away, just yourself doing something that you love. Yeah, right on. Very good. Um, and we already asked you what's next. That's the other question yes. I always ask for everybody. So. The Indianapolis Monument Marathon for the second time. Are you going to run with your athletes, or are you going to try and try and qualify for Boston again? I think I'll try to qualify for Boston All again. Right. All right. Yeah, we'll see. I will have to. That could change. I'll have to re-download the app then and, yeah. uh, and get ready. So, yes, yes. And, and of course, I will go on Run Fetty and continue to uh, to, to track your training. Uh, Katie Ferguson. Thanks for being here. This was super fun. Thanks for having me, George. Very this good. is I, awesome. I, I, I thought so, too. I hope you'll come back and join us again sometime. Oh, I think gosh. You have a, a if you'll have me. So you have an important <laughs> perspective, and I think that, uh, that you've definitely kind of broadened uh, my mind about a lot of things, so we appreciate that. Thanks, George.